Did you know that we're all going to die? Yes, perhaps a medical procedure could offer a dying person the hope of another chance at life, a few more years, maybe, maybe even 20, 30. Great. But you know what? Healthcare has only so many treatments, and mankind cannot cure death. If this sounds bleak, a little too blunt, consider that the predominant teaching of the world today, predominant worldview around us, is that we're nothing more than an accidental grouping of some molecules that uh, just happen to meet together and create you and me, and, and uh, one day we'll break down and be no more. There is no such thing as afterlife. You only live once. That's it. You see how hopeless that is? This is the way that the vast majority of people today live. Not everyone. There are other ideas out there. But in contrast to this, in contrast to the hopelessness of the worldview that this world has, the Christian has a hope of a different sort entirely. A hope that lasts even in death. A hope founded not on well-meaning wishes, the philosophies of man, but on the Word of God. The hope of the resurrection. And this morning we have the joy, and I, I hope that you count it a joy, to consider the resurrection of Christ. This living hope, as Peter describes it in our text this morning, and if you would turn uh, in your Bibles, we will be looking at First uh, Peter chapter 1 and just three verses. First Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. But before we jump into 1 Peter 1 and verse 3, we should understand a little bit about how Peter begins his letter. He is talking to a grouping of people whom he addresses, believers in Christ, and he addresses them as the elect, verse 1, or the chosen exiles. He addresses Believers in Christ scattered around throughout the Roman Empire as those chosen by God that is known personally and loved by God from before the beginning of time. And this choosing is not on the basis of what people have done, but it is on the basis of it is because of his mercy. There's a lot more that could be said here just on this verse. And verse 2 teaches us further about God's election, God's choosing 
people for himself. But we have learned nothing. If this does not then bring us to worship the Lord. And that's what Peter does in verse 3. He brings us to, to worship God. He proclaims the blessedness of God. And in that blessing we learn of our hope. As the people of God, what hope do we have? We read in verse 3 of 1 Peter chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peter claims that God is blessed for what he has done, what he has accomplished for his people. And he highlights the mercy of God, the undeserved pardon, the forgiveness, the compassion of God. That's what mercy is. Peter tells us that it is according to his mercy that God has caused us, people of God, to be born again. His undeserved kindness is the motivation, the reason for His acting to remake His people because of His love. Now this is not some sort of science fiction Peter is talking about. When he talks about being born again. Jesus defines being born again as being born of the Spirit. That is at the very core of our being we must be made new. In Old Testament language, this is fulfillment of God's promises as given to Jeremiah and to Ezekiel. We're told that we must be given a new heart. God declares in Ezekiel 36 and 26 and thereabouts that He will put a new spirit within His people so that they can walk in His ways. And so this is, this is the work of God. It is His grace, His mercy in the lives of His people. For sin runs so deep that the very core of our being must be renewed. So when Christ teaches about being born again in John chapter 3, He begins by saying that unless a man is born again, he will not enter the kingdom of God. We need to be remade in our Hearts, our very being. But God in His mercy is willing and able to do this very thing. Peter tells us that this second birth, this being born again, is the work of God alone. Verse 3 again. It is God who causes this new birth. He has caused us 
to be born again to a living hope. And secondly, we find in verse 3 that God does this through the resurrection of Jesus. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope. How? In what manner? On what basis? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Let me put this very simply. When Peter is saying that it is through the resurrection that this is possible, we are being taught, we are being reminded that unless Jesus was raised, we would not be able to be raised to new life. It is because He was raised, it is through His resurrection that we might also be raised to new life. Firstly, in our heart, in our spirit, and in the future, being granted a resurrection body like His. Not only will we not be raised to new life, but we would not have the glorious inheritance that Peter goes on to speak of. And we'll come back to this inheritance and dwell on the the blessings that God gives through the resurrection of Jesus Christ in a moment. But I want to turn your attention to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 again. We read that this morning. We recited verses 3 and 4 that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried and that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. We recited that this morning and we are memorizing this as a church because of how central the work of Christ is. It is what Christ has done that saves us, nothing else. And that's what uh, Peter is saying also when he says that it is through the resurrection of Jesus. We are saved. We are born again and have a glorious inheritance in heaven waiting for us. Now in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul goes on to speak, as we read this morning, that uh, we have the testimony of many witnesses. And in the past, I've spoken on the evidences for Jesus' resurrection. How within the Word of God itself, we have more than enough evidence to believe in the resurrection of Jesus. But here's why I bring this up. Unless Christ was raised, there would be no such thing as hope beyond the grave. There would be no such thing as this regeneration, this new birth that that God speaks of through the Apostle Peter. And this is exactly what Paul goes on to argue in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He raises the argument, verse 14. If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. What I say to you is useless if it were not true. And your faith and believing in that which is spoken in the word of God would be useless as well. But Paul doesn't end there. He he continues, he 
lays out his argument a little bit more. And then in verse 20, he says, but in fact, Christ has been raised. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And so he lays firmly the, the foundation of our faith and our Christian hope is, is laid on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That he's the risen Lord. Where it is, as Peter tells us in verse 3, through the resurrection. It is through the resurrection. There are no resurrection benefits and blessings for believers without the resurrection of Jesus. But we have a living hope because we have a risen Savior. If our hope is in anything else, we will find it shaky. But the resurrection of Jesus is a sure thing. He is risen. And so it's good to take time to consider what God has given us in Jesus Christ. What does the resurrection mean for our lives? For when we, when we understand these things, when we understand what God has given us in Jesus Christ, we're prepared to live our lives in line with that truth. So we can either choose to live our lives in line with the truth and, and believe and live in light of the resurrection, or we could choose not to. When Peter goes on in his letter, as the, the apostles often do, he talks of the life that they're to live and he lays down Christian doctrine for the believers, but it is all based on the work of God. It is because of His work that He goes on to say the things that He does. And so this is important for us to consider. In verses 4 through 5, Peter turns our attention towards the benefits of the resurrection in our lives. Firstly, we saw in verse 3 that God has caused us to be born again. Secondly, in verse 4, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith, for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Notice the scope here. In the first five verses of Peter, he's taken us from election in eternity past to glory. Regeneration is included in that. And God keeping us in Him today. Not only do we see this great scope of the salvation that God brings about, but also the security 
of our present and our future. Security in, in God. Our inheritance is spoken of as imperishable. That is, it is something that cannot be destroyed. Secondly, it is undefiled. Meaning that it's not tainted by evil or by decay. And thirdly, it is unfading. That is, it, it does not wear out. It doesn't get old. It won't be here today and gone tomorrow. What in all of creation can be described in this way? Creation, Paul says in Romans 8, is, is groaning for the coming of the King. The restoration that, that Jesus will bring to this world. All is not well here today. Things wear out. Everything we look at, we can see elements of evil, sin that taints even good things. And this world system that many people put their hope in, philosophies and ideas of mankind, these things will not last forever either. But in contrast to the things of this world, our inheritance, Peter tells us, is kept or guarded. It is safe for us in heaven. And not only is our, our future secure, but we also today are being kept, verse 5. For a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. You see what hope the resurrection brings? Not only for the future, but for today. For He has won the victory. Think about how amazing this is for a moment. We don't deserve such a gift. We don't deserve to have been chosen by God, given a brand new life, kept by the power of God until we receive brand new bodies that will not wear out like the ones that we have today. And yet we are told this is so again and again in the Word of God, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because He died for our sins and He rose again. So that His people, those who believe in Him and His work of salvation, might receive the, the benefits, the blessings that come from His resurrection life. On what basis do we have this kind of hope? It seems too much to claim for ourselves. How could we claim 
such good news. While Peter is quite clear in the beginning of his letter that all of these blessings from election to regeneration to resurrection come from God. He is the blessed one. He is the one showing mercy. He is the one who rose from the grave. And so it is the the mercy of God that there is a living hope for you and me today in Jesus Christ. Yet this hope, this mercy, is not given to all indiscriminately. But rather it is given to those who believe in Jesus Christ. This is not popular among many today who wish to say, well, all roads lead to heaven or things such as that. But to say otherwise than that is to lead people to destruction, to a hopeless existence that ends in death. Because it is only in Jesus Christ. It is only by faith in Him that we are promised and given eternal life. When Paul wrote to the church in Rome, he emphasized a heartfelt confession that was twofold. Romans 10 verse 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Notice here that the Christian's hope is found only in Jesus. In acknowledging with our whole being that He is Lord and that God has raised Him from the dead. That He is the risen Savior, our Lord and God. It's not complicated, not based on one's works, or one's confession of doctrine. It's not based on one's heritage or one's baptism or a person's dedication or sincerity to that which they believe. It's not even ultimately based on a person's good choices, but on the resurrection of Jesus, that He is Lord, that He's risen. There is no other hope that will do than that. And this hope is offered to all people. The prophet Isaiah called out, Come by and eat. 
without money. It's free. It's a gift of God that is given to all who would drink. The resurrection of Christ is a fountain of eternal blessing to whoever would come and drink. But it is of no use without faith in God. Do you know this lasting hope? Do you know this mercy of God? God has given His people a lasting hope through Jesus, the risen Savior. He has done this in His kindness and His mercy and His love. So in closing, I would invite you to hear the words of Jesus Christ. John chapter 11, verse 25. Speaking to a woman who had just lost her brother to death. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the Son and the Spirit for this resurrection hope.